Hey, it's Burton Shaolo. And this is Savannah Hart, and you're listening to the Black Box Podcast. tell a great story you know most of these guys do because the people who do have their production companies whether it's you know russell whether it's you know steph whether it's Bron, these guys have been telling good stories when it comes to building their own brands and so much and they also understand how to build a good team and then they're able to build something where you know they can make a difference Hey guys, welcome to the Black Box Podcast with Burton Chawla and Savannah Hart, where we have conversations with key industry leaders on sports, media, music, and entertainment. Today, we are fortunate enough to have Samir Hernandez joining us. He is the Vice President of Special Projects at Slam and also a partner at Six Foot Over Productions, which is the production company behind Two Distant Strangers, which is currently streaming on Netflix and recently won an Oscar. Thank you so much, Samir, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm very excited to be uh, sitting here talking to you guys. So thank you for having me. This is awesome. Absolutely. So I would love to get started with um, with your career trajectory. You know, you started off in retail banking. You worked yourself up to vice president within the bank. And then you decided you wanted to jump over to an athlete rep. And you were an athlete rep at Jordan. And from there, you went into film, being on sets. And when you produced your own your own movie within your own production company, you guys won an Oscar on your first movie. A lot of people try to or have the desire to change industries. How did you do it so seamlessly and have your employers or your hiring agents see the value in you and your skills? I mean, here's the first thing is like, you know, I I still haven't figured anything out. I I think I'm still learning how to be a teller and from like 2003, (laughs) right? That's where I started off at the bank. Um, I think that was 2003. But like, you know, I've been I've been blessed you know what I mean? I think that having having people who believed in me and people who, um, you know, invested in me and being able to have the right mentors and the right support systems have been, you know, it's been instrumental in my growth. You know, um, whether it started at the bank as a teller or, you know, going to Jordan, you know, and being being a rep and then going obviously still with Slam and shout out to Slam and having people like, you know, PRC, um, you know, who, who, you know, Peter, Peter, you know, definitely believed in being able to give me a shot and even going to this spot, you know, I'm still slamming, but also joining, uh, hand in hand with, uh, with, with the guys at Six Feet Over with, uh, Trayvon Free, Van Lathan and, uh, Nicholas May. So, you know, to have people like that in your corner and to have people who, you know, lift you up and, and, and build you up. I mean, that, that's kind of what this is. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, basketball player and you know basketball is a team sport and and just like basketball is a team sport um life is a team sport and careers are a team sport and so for me um you know when when I played I went from being a good guy on like okay teams to being a glue guy and guy had to you know if I wanted to get on the court you know in high school you know I had to be taking charges I had to know the offense I had to make other people better and I had to, you know, get in where I fit in in order to win. And and I think that I've I've been able to take that to all these next places and and, and still to all these next stops and take that same type of uh, attitude and demeanor. And I think that 
by doing that, it, it's been able to to open up opportunities, open up doors and open up dope projects so that, you know, once I got that opportunity, I'm like, yo, let's win. You know what I'm saying? Let's do everything that we can to win and let's connect and let's treat people well. Let's treat people with respect and let's always, no matter what, put our best foot forward. And, and, and we've been blessed enough to be able to I've been blessed enough um, to be able to get some wins on the board. And, 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 you know, we're just going to keep on winning and keep on growing. I don't know if that answers your question, but. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely to a degree. Like you always need like kind of that champion in your corner, which I had when I, when I switched from, I wouldn't say switched, but included music um, when I went from sports to music, but still with the employer, right? Like I had someone who was a CMO at the company, but I still had to sell myself and show that my skills were transferable. So, right? so like, how did you do that? Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I'm I'm with Samira that connections matter, good attitude matters, right? Like th- that's a, the concise way of what you just said. But I'm I'm curious how you did it, or I I'm not pivoting or ever pivoted. I, I call it evolution. But like I I would argue Samira, like going from banking to Jordan, that leap. Somebody okay, someone took a leap of faith on you, but like beyond them taking a leap of faith, was there something? that you sold them on or was it just like, yo, this cat definitely knows the industry or this cat definitely can deal with, because you're reps, so you got to deal with players, right? So I'm sure they're reading between the lines and saying this guy can deal with a player and, you know, not make him feel comfortable. But was there something you sold them on? You, you want, you want to know something is like, I mean, I could, I could give you like a very like tight, Hey, this is what I did. But I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is one thing is I'm very, I'm not very good at selling myself. Never really have been. To, to my to my detriment at point in times, I'm just gonna keep it a buck. It's no point in like telling you guys something that that, that ain't real. Um, but, but like you know, I've always just I, I when I literally say I've always put my best foot forward, like I've done it in every single thing that I've always stepped into. So whether it was you know walking into being a teller, like I couldn't write a check. You know what I'm saying? I literally could not write a check. I didn't know what what went on what line. I was like, okay, let me go get a job at a bank. Um, if it was going to, uh, you know, work at Jordan, I, I remember I would always tell people like, yo, I don't know if I could do this. I was like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't see myself as like the most likable dude. I didn't see myself as the coolest dude. And I like, that was a very cool role. So I'm like, I remember having conversations with people. I'm like, yo, you know, I'm going to New York, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if Bay's going to like me. I don't know if da, 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 you know, Bay's Mellow's guy and Bay's amazing dude. I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this. And then, you know, switch to, to film and entertainment. And I'm like, yo, you know, I remember having the conversation and, and I was talking to my buddy, uh, Jerron, who actually made the initial introduction to uh, to PRC and the guys at Slam. And they were like, yo, he's like, you know, do you think you could do it? I was like, yo, I have no idea what I'm doing. I know absolutely zero about film, um, but I, I think I could figure it out. You know what I mean? So you just do it. You just do it. I mean, and, and this sounds very like, you know, dude, it, for me, it's not really any magic, man. I, I really just go in and I learn, you know what I'm saying? I study, I, I, I connect to people who know what they're doing. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to film, like you could talk to, you know, Trayvon, um, you know, when I was just kind of getting into it or, or Aaron Phillips over at slam, I'm like, you know, Hey, let's talk about how this thing is done. You know, let's talk about what this business looks like. Um, let's talk about how I can add value. What is a producer? What does that exactly mean? Um, and then, and then how do I fit into that? You know what I mean? And I've had conversations for hours where I'm, where I'm sitting with people and doing it. I'm saying, okay, well, I don't know what this means on set. 
I don't know what this means outside. However, I do know that there's a connection that I can make. And I do have these transferable skill sets that can be able to bring these things together in order for this to flourish. And that's where I can add value. You know what I mean? And and, and to be honest with you, like there, there's always going to be mistakes, right? Like, you know, going to Jordan, uh, the first, the, the, the first time, like probably my first like six months, I would literally go up to people and I would go, hi, my name is Samir. I'm from Jordan. You know what I mean? And that was how I introduced myself because I didn't know anybody. I went up to ASAP Rocky and I was like, hey, hey, my name is Samir. I'm from Jordan. Nice to meet you. You know what I'm saying? I was randomly in the airport. I live in New York. You're in New York, too, right? I didn't know who he was. What was like, his I response? Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. Huh? What was his response? Do you remember? Oh, uh, he was cool. He was super yeah. cool. He's like, yo, I probably still have like a number that's probably like 30 numbers ago, but I have it in my phone. I, I had no <laughs> problem. I don't care. But, um, you know, I got his number and it was like, yo, whatever. He probably thought he was going to get free shoes. But, you know, obviously, you know, whatever. I never reached well, out to him. It's a combination of networking and being professional, right? You're being professional when you introduce yourself that way and getting back to what you're saying about not having experience, but getting experience doing it, right? Like you obviously have common sense and there's a level of like when it comes to film or content. And so you have some background on me, like I'm doing more of that now in my career, right? I've been in sports for 21 years and then only in the last five or six, am I doing branded content, short films? I just finished uh, Vince Carter's biopic. I was an executive producer on that. I can't hold the camera straight. Like I, I don't have that skill set, but I know what good content is for myself and consumers like me or what I think good content is for consumers that are not like me, like you, Savannah, per, you know, per se, younger maybe female demographic. I also know what the brands want, right? Like I, I've been working so closely with brands that like, that's where my bread is buttered. Like them telling me I want to do a six part series about this and I make it work uh, and make sure the margins work. And you know, I'm actually friends with Aaron Phillips. Aaron didn't come from film either, right? Like, you know, there's a level of like, he learned through experience, right? And he was on set for a lot of things. I was on set for a lot of things. And now you're learning things like what a treatment looks like or what it should look like or what a developmental deal means, right? And then, you know, there are still also experts in the room, right? A camera guy, a lighting guy, all this stuff. And but it doesn't sound like the experts are the one running the show. It's like you guys, right? Like you guys are the producers coming in, bringing in certain people, right? You brought in the writer for Two Distant Strangers. Um, yeah, sure. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know Samir's role on, on Two Distant Strangers or on other stuff or my role often varies. Sometimes I'll pick the director and sometimes I don't, but. I, what I what I try to do is I you know I definitely agree with Samir's philosophy of teamwork and basketball. I played basketball my whole life too, and like learned a lot lot of life lessons there. Like if I don't if I'm not a great defender, then I don't want to guard the best player on the other team. I'm better off like being a help defender. I don't know how to line produce a film, right? Like I don't know how to do that. So like we go get a line producer to do that. So um, I, I think. That's some of, I don't want to speak for Samir, but that's some of my sort of philosophy on this stuff and, and, and evolution on stuff. Samir, do you think that like the space, I know your production company or Slam, or even Slam maybe, like do you think the space is getting a little too saturated? Do you think that like too many guys have production companies, too many guys are trying to do this stuff? Or do you think just because the internet is bottomless that we could just have as many production companies out there in the world? 
Um, I, I think that, uh, so one, the writer brought me in. I didn't bring the writer in. Um, oh, okay. Trey, Trayvon, that was Trayvon Free, right? Yeah, 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 you guys played on the same basketball team, yeah, right? Yeah, he was my school? teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was my, we, okay. we were teammates is probably a better way to say it. So, yeah, yeah, that's my man. My man before we back. Um, so, I mean, to answer your question, um, is it, is it getting, is it getting saturated? It's a little bit frothy. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, I think that we've never seen a market like this, you know what I'm saying? Where, where content is needed and in such a, you know, it's not like, it's like, yo, you have the history channel and you have the food channel and then you have HBO. It's like, yo, everybody has their own network, right? So you have your Amazons, you have your Hulus, you have, you know, obviously your Netflix, um, you have all these. And, and now, you know, with, with the Warner, uh, with the Warner discovery merger, like you have so many people who are looking to fill these streaming channels with so much content that there's like a lot of opportunity, you know what I mean? And I, obviously you live in a, uh, you know, you live in a copycat space, right. Where, um, you know, back in the days, you know what I'm saying? When we were probably kids and watching it, every, every athlete wanted to have a record label. And, and now, you know, this is the new record label with probably not as much overhead and you're not dumping as much money into it. If you're, if you're smart, right. It's storytelling. And, and, and this athlete, this generation is also a lot more intuitive when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to their investments, when it comes to business opportunities, right? Um, because that's ultimately what it becomes. It's like, yo, can you tell? And this, this is what you're alluding to. It's like, yo, do you know how to do you know how to be able to tell a great story? And then, you know, most of these guys do because the people who do have their production companies, whether it's, you know, Russell, whether it's, you know, Steph, whether it's Braun, these guys have been telling good stories when it comes to building their own brand and so much. And they also understand how to build a good team to the point where, you know, it, it kind of becomes seamless, right? And then they're able to build something where, you know, they can make a difference, where, you know, they could tell stories that make a difference. They could tell stories that make money. Um, and it also allows them to be able to, you know, I mean, Blake is doing a fa- fantastic job as well, quietly with, uh, I believe it's Mortal Media, um, you know, where they're able to go and, and, and really feed feed their passions into something different and be able to grow it and, and, and really drive a whole new revenue stream and grow a business that, you know, if they want to, we'll go beyond basketball. So, you know, do I think it's getting, you know, do I think it's getting crowded? Mm, nah, nah, I don't think it's getting crowded because I think that those who are serious about it, um, they'll last, you know what I mean? And then I also think it's so many production companies out here and it's so much opportunity that if you have 10 to 15 NBA players, uh, you know, trying to tell NBA stories and it gets boring. But the cool thing is like these NBA players who, who are, who are doing this, they're not telling NBA stories. Right. I think, uh, I, I think, think Russell has right. one. No, my bad. Go for it. No, no, I was, I know I was agreeing with you. I think that's dope. I think, I think, and I don't know their involvement, but I think Durant and Conley's involvement in a short film, like two distant strangers, uh, by the way, which is beautiful. I watched it twice yesterday. Um, or, or even Russell Westbrook's like involvement in a documentary about the Tulsa massacre. I think that's dope. I think guys, these are guys that have platforms because they're basketball players, but also have resources and are, to Samir's point, I think the ones that actually care about this are going to last and the ones who don't will let it fade away. Um, which I think will help the market. I actually disagree with you. I think the market is so saturated. And I think that it's, and maybe that's because I'm competing directly. I'm literally competing directly with all of these guys, right? Because when I pitch something and I get it 
part of the pitch is someone else is pitching it. But if Jimmy Butler's attached to it and platform X or brand Y wants Jimmy Butler, I'm going to lose that battle nine times out of 10. Very rarely do I win that battle. But I would say, I would say it's needed competition because, you know, if you're working for a company and like those other production companies that you mentioned, Samira, like Warner and Amazon, like we need more people that look like us to tell our stories and tell our narratives. Like, yes, you have, we've had a couple Tulsa, Oklahoma documentaries, but none of them have been put on by Russ. None of them have been put on by LeBron, which I think he's actually putting one on that's airing on CNN. Yeah, and I think that helps. I definitely agree with you that I think it helps bring attention to important stories. Not attention, but us telling our own history. It's something bigger than just putting content Yeah, out. sure, but a brown or black person could do it, right? My, my point is, like, I agree with you that it brings attention. I agree with you that people should be able to tell their own stories. I agree with you that these guys have the resources and platform to do it. I guess my f- sort of thought and maybe some frustration is like, it is. I think it's crowded. I think it's too crowded. And again, I'm cool with it being crowded because I like competition. And I do agree that people who don't take it seriously are going to go to the wayside. But I do, I worry like everything, like real estate, like crypto, like the stock market, there's a cap and then it explodes. And where is that? I know it's internet. I know it's content. I know it's bottomless, but like, where's that cap? Like, I don't know how familiar either one of you guys are with Quibi, but like Quibi went sideways because they they blew up their own quap, cap, right? So Quibi- Oh, did it, they? Yeah, basically, they had all this startup money. They had all, they were doing- Yeah, their to do rollout content. was like huge. They had a bunch of celebrities. they were paying everybody everything. And eventually that explodes, right? And now all of a sudden you're, you're broke. What Where this cap is, I think like, when, when is it too much? Right, like when is it too much? When is Kevin Durant doing too too many shows for the boardroom? I, I, I'm I'm asking, I'm posing the question. I'm not necessarily saying that he's doing too much, but I'm saying when is it too much? And when does like you know, Samir, you work at Sla- you you work for Slam. Slam's competing directly with boardroom, right? Like at the end of the day, as much as you guys are probably friends, like you're competing, right? You're saying, how do I get my show finance? Right? How do I get well, I think Homeboy's name is Max. You guys do a slam kick show, right? Like that's competing directly with DePaula. Like when is it when is there too much? When does the saturation stop? Like and and I'm just posing it for the room, like and maybe that's my frustration. I lost a deal because <laughs> because the other company had a basketball player attached to it. So I was like, Okay, I Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to that sometimes. So um that that's my only concern. I don't know if that came off as bitching, but like I literally feel like sometimes it's just too many guys. How does every guy have a production company? I mean, I can say from a consumer standpoint, because I'm not in the production space, it doesn't feel saturated. Really? No. You think there's more stories to tell? Yeah, absolutely. And you have a bunch of markets to hit, a bunch of different demographics. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think there's such a thing as saturation, especially in the world of the internet. Can I ask you how many, both of you guys, how many different, subscription-based platforms you guys subscribing to right now? Is it more than like three? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Is it, for more, sure. No is it more than seven? I'll tell you what I got right now. I got Hulu, Netflix. I have uh, HBO Max. Um, I have Amazon Prime. Um, from a content standpoint, I think I may, I have Disney for sure. I have Disney. That's five. Um, that's not including your YouTube, which is free. Do you have ESPN Plus? I probably have that, but I've never logged on to it. So I probably have ESPN, ESPN Plus, number six. 
And then that's it. And that's not including pods. I just got tricked into buying a luminary or whatever that is, because I was like, Oh, Dave Chappelle, it's only going to be on here. I bought it. And then he's on, it's on, it's on Apple podcasts. So, so, you know, I have that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's, that's seven. And I'm I'm probably missing like, you know, two or three. That's like five bucks a month luminary. Yeah. But with that said, they all have to fit. That's not including. That's not including Peacock. That's not including Paramount Plus. That's not including BET or like or like other other you know other apps like you know Crackle or like Bleacher Report that'll have a soccer game that you want to watch. Right? Like I don't watch soccer, but I'm just using that example. What? You see, here's the thing, though. I mean, how how are you splitting up content? Right? Are you splitting up content with saying because you have you have two different sorts of content? You have like you know. Your movies, TV shows, scripted and unscripted, things of that nature. And then you have like, you know, the shit that lives on, you know, Bleacher, the things that live on Slam, the things that live on uh, Boardroom, the things that live on Players Tribune Uninterrupted. Those are like two different worlds. You know what I'm saying? And then you have those things that are kind of like in between that like, you know, Beats is going to do some content. You know what I'm saying? Like you got the, you got like that, that kind of Nike content. You know what I mean? That, that, that agency business, you know? So like you have... It's it's you know it's it's so many different places to be able to play in the content space, and the world is changing at such a fast pace. And I think that obviously the the the, the quarantine sped this thing up, you know, by five years, and everybody's trying to figure it out. But you know, if you could get in there and boogie, man, get in there and boogie. You know what I'm saying? If you got a project that 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 needs Jimmy Butler needs the right attachment, you know what I'm saying? What platforms are you boogieing in right now? Man, we 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 just trying to we just trying to make 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 good stories, man. We make good stories, man. I'm, is that the approach? Is it like like let's just start with good stories and then worry about the buyer later? Yeah, because you you mentioned you mentioned you know you want to make good stories and then you want to make money. Is it always separate or can it be both? I, I think one follows the other, right? I mean, I think you have to be able to create a good story, but you have to be able to give the people what they want. You know what I mean? I think you have to be have a, a mix of, of, of art and science, right? The, the artists will go, yo, we want to, I want to be able to make this this way, but at the, at the, at the same time, you be, have to be able to give them what the market wants. And sometimes you have to be able to give the market what they don't know they want, right? On some Steve Jobs shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's our jobs as, you know, creators, as producers to be able to see ahead of the game, to be able to see ahead of the curve, uh, to be able to come with it. And I think that as, you know, as you develop uh, different opportunities and as you develop different, you know, different pieces, um, you know, you figure out, you know, what works best. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm developing a TV show with a good friend of mine right now. And, and, and we're like, yo, this, this probably works for HBO. You know what I'm saying? This, this probably, you know, we like HBO, we like FX for something like this. Um, but we don't necessarily like it for Netflix. However, I'm working on something different with another group of homies. And we're like, yo, we like this for Netflix. This is a, and I agree with them a thousand percent. But that's the beauty of having so many, you know, so many outlets and so many buyers right now is that you can focus on making a great product and not be really boxed in and say, yo, I'm going to make this. And then we're going to find the proper distributor. You know what I mean? And so that that's kind of like when you say, yo, who are you working with? Like, I don't have an overall deal. You know what I mean? We don't have a, a first look deal nor a development deal, but what we do have is, you know, strong talent, strong ideas, and, you know, the, the ability to create stories. I mean, I, and I think, you know, ultimately what, what the next step is, is to be able to put yourself in a freeing space where you can create what you know is great 
and not have to depend on somebody else to tell you that it's great, right? To be able to self-fund. I mean, that, that was the beauty of Two Distant Strangers. Like, Two Distant Strangers was self-funded. Like, we didn't have money when we went to start shooting it. You know what I'm saying? We had commitments. But we knew, we believed in the work, and we believed in, in what we were making. And we were able, to, it was freedom in being able to create that without, you know, a studio telling you that, you know, hey, this isn't, Joey Badass isn't the right actor for this. So, or, you know, you, should, you shouldn't do this. Like, you know, you were able to create. And, and really, to be honest with you, like, that's the next, that's the next iteration of this thing is to be able to be self-funded so that you can then build what you want and then create a bidding war. You know what I'm saying? So like that's 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 where the money is at. Yeah, like branded content's where my bread is buttered, right? Like that's that's someone writes me a check and I make it happen versus the creative process of like, we're going to do this. This shit is dope. But, you know, a, a documentary about Tulsa or whatever. Right? They're, they're different, you know, the same way Samir was talking about different places to play. It's because you're doing different types of content, whether it's four minutes long or a 30 minute short film, or, you know, I just did Vince's biopic, which was 84 minutes or whatever it was. Um, so it, I think there are different places for it to play. Um, my struggle is always like, cause I want to do good um, thoughtful stuff but sometimes if the money isn't there like I have to move on to the one where the money is there like it's a it's a pull and tug for me for now until you know I get to Kevin Durant's level yeah. where I get to do whatever the <laughs> fuck I want That's right? fair. Kevin Durant gets to do whatever he wants because he's got all the money in the world so Samir I feel like you guys did such a good job with promoting um, Two Distant Strangers like I remember literally seeing a preview of it I watched a private screening on um, through this network called Scene it's like a sports network um, yeah. and then I saw I that up. oh did you yeah I, I watched it there I didn't get invited to that you're not part of the group <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then, you know, I saw some content online, like Kevin Durant screening it for the Brooklyn Nets team. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's on Netflix. And then the next month, you guys literally have an Oscar, like, which is kind of unheard of, right? Like, especially that quick of a turnaround time. How did you guys do that? No, let me tell you, I'll tell you this, that it is not that easy. Like, yeah. It, the one By the way, it didn't sound easy. So yeah. <laughs> nobody took that as like, oh, he got the Oscar. What a walk in the park. Don't worry, yeah. we, we didn't think it was no, it, It's even more. It's it's so so much more um, involved than than what I ever even would have imagined. Um, I think the the learning process of being able to kind of go from you know ideation to like you know execution is just is crazy, man. It, it's literally like. It, it was so so let me let me back up i mean i think first of all the the, the team on two distant strangers was amazing right um you know obviously this thing starts with trayvon um you know it, and 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 it starts and ends with him you know what i mean from from a writing and you know directing standpoint to to him being able to really pull everyone together um Samir, give us a little background on him so just so for sure um so trayvon you want some background on trayvon trayvon trayvon's a uh, yeah like a minute dope dope dude from compton um compton native uh hooped a little bit played at dominguez with myself and, and tyson chandler and, and you know great teams over there um shout out to dominguez um he then went to play basketball at cal state long beach long beach state he was a i believe a 49ers um, and then from there, like, you know, he kind of took off. He started doing stand up comedy. Um, he got a, he got a, he got a gig on the daily show. 
Um, and then he just started cooking, man. You know what I'm saying? He wrote, he, he won a few Emmys. Um, you know, he wanted to get into scripted. You know what I mean? He wrote on a Samantha B show, I believe. He wrote on, wrote on a bunch of stuff. And, you know, obviously he was building up, building up where he was. And then, you know, he got to a space where he also has his voice. Uh, he has a very strong voice in the, in the political, uh, in the political world. You know what I mean? Especially for, for black, for, for black people. And so, you know, he, he got to a point in which, you know, going out and protesting wasn't enough. He wanted to be able to use his gift, which was writing um, and, 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 you know, being able to create to, to address what he was feeling. And so that's when, you know, he came up with uh, Two Distant Strangers. It was he, uh, Van, Nick, um, and then he brought in, you know, Jesse Williams. He brought in Lawrence Bender. He brought in uh, the team at Dirty Robber. He brought in uh, Mickey from uh, Now This. Um, we brought in so many people uh, to be able to to be able to bring this thing together. And then, you know, those people brought in people. I brought in KD and Rich. And then, you know, shout out to Rich for believing in this piece and KD. And we brought in uh, Mike and Mike Conley and, and, and his man, Tim. And, you know, shout out to Tim and Mike for believing in this. Brought in Jordan Schultz. We brought in Puff. You know what I'm saying? Um, and... and you get that Starbucks money? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he, <laughs> he 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 wanted to come in from the from the jump, man. When he when he saw. So what is that? When you say you bring everyone in, it's just financing. Is that what? Yeah, they're, yeah like, What's their role? They're they're you're saying you're going to be part of this film. They're financing the film, right? Yeah, they gave. Yeah, they they all they everybody everybody who was involved for the most part was had skin in the game. You know what I'm saying? And and then people put skin in the game without the expectation of it coming back. You know what I mean? So everybody put some money in and said, "Yo, you know, we believe." In this, we believe in the moment. You know what I'm saying? We were part of this, like, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was we were in the middle of like this zeitgeist where we said, yo, we believe in Trayvon and, and this vision, and, and we believe that this can make a positive difference. And, and in that, that's, that's what it did because it continued to keep the conversation going. And it continued to, like, you know, like the nuances of the storytelling, you know, was very telling. You know what I mean? I think that even when it goes as simple as, you know, the, the role of the dog, you know what I'm saying? And the, and the role that the dog played doesn't mean that much to black folks, you know what I'm saying? But it meant a lot to white folks and dog lovers, you know what I'm saying? Um, because, you know, you would hear a lot of time, I mean, you know, you watch me hear so many people's feedback and, and people were like, yo, you know, white people would be like, yo, I just want him to get back to his dog. Why can't he get to his dog? And the black people were like, yo, man, this is really, you know, this is really jacked up. Like this dude keeps on getting killed and, you know, it feels very real. You know what I mean? And then it's like, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, Joey's character. And then you like, you know, for, for a part of me as a black man who, who knows when I get pulled over, I'm like, yo, 10 and 2. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. No, sir. Turn on the lights. If it's, at, if it's nighttime, keep the, all the windows down. Don't do nothing because... I don't want nobody to, you know, get get tricky. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've had guns pulled on me when I've had on suits. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm not that guy. You know what I mean? But like, you know, there there's parts of me like, yo, why wasn't Joey just complying in the beginning? You know what I mean? But then it's like, all right, a friend of mine who actually is a white guy said, yo, did you notice the James Baldwin book on the table? It's like I love James Baldwin. And then I'm like, oh, it clicked. And this is probably a month and a half ago. I'm like, oh, it clicks. A black man who reads James Baldwin is going to be emboldened. And it's not going to stand for any shit the same way somebody else might. So it's like, yo, the, the thinking and the thought process that came into being able to develop the story in 28 minutes was, you know, for me, was just, you know, it's still impressive to this day because other layers are still being peeled apart that were purposely put there. Um, 
But to answer your question, man, the Oscar process was 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 crazy, man. It was a, uh, you know, it, it it was one in which like literally all hands on deck. You know what I mean? It, it went from and people had a, had a good shot to be able to pick this up to pay for it, but once they didn't, it was like, hey, we want this to be recognized at the highest level possible of filmmaking. Um, we want this to be able to have the largest impact that it can it can have on community and on culture. And so then it was just, you know, all hands on deck. Everyone was always, you know, hey, KD, can you can you post when this trailer drops? Hey, Puff, can you please come and do this, uh, you know, do this screening? Um, you know, who do we know that can host this? Who do we know that can write this? I mean, Trayvon was on, on Kimmel, I believe. Yeah, he was on Kimmel and the movie wasn't even out. You know what I'm saying? And and those things don't happen unless, you know, we have strong relationships, we have respect and people believe in the project. And we had that. And then that's not including like, you know, getting shortlisted, getting nominated, then getting, you know, leading up to voting and things of that nature. Those are six week increments. That's like, you know, balls to the wall. Everybody do what they can in order and pull every single favor and call every single relationship you can to be able to make this come to life. You know what I mean? I, I remember we did not make. Um, what film festival did we not make? I believe, uh, which, which, uh, ugh, I can't believe I'm, 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 it's not Tribeca. Tribeca, we made Tribeca. What was the other one? What's the one in, uh, on the West Coast? Sun, is it Sundance? Sundance. Yeah, there's Sundance. Sundance is a big one. Sundance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't make Sundance. Wow, man, we didn't make Sundance. But like, still focused on, on the, you know, the goal at hand, which was to continue to push this thing forward. So, you know, I, I can get into the nuances of what this thing looks like. Um, but I would tell you this is that every single person was all hands on deck at all times. And we were willing to do whatever we can, whatever we could to be able to bring this thing to life. And, you know, you know, shout out to Netflix for being able to, you know, come to the table and, and, and pick this thing up for distribution. Um, but even if they did not pick it up for distribution, you know what I mean, which we were definitely appreciative of um, because everybody gets their money back. And obviously it's able to be seen by everybody. But, you know, we were still going to be able to push forward and we were still, you know, very resolved in the fact that the world needed to see it and very resolved in the fact that we had a project that 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 can make an impact. And, you know, luckily enough, you know, I went through the whole process and, and, and we won an Oscar. And, you know, now we are here today talking about it. you got you had the right team, right? You had the right people that believed in each other, believed in the project. How'd you get the right team? Um, I mean, taking two distant, and one, everything is different, right? Um, taking two distant strangers into account. I think that we were in the middle of that zeitgeist and, you know, you had so many players, um, NBA players who were in the bubble who, you know, and at this point, I think the shutdown had just happened. Um, and, you know, everybody was ready to, you know, everybody was saying, how can I help? You know what I mean? And when that when that moment came, it was literally kind of picking up the phone and calling friends. Um, and and it was literally like following up, following up, following up. And I, and I wish I had a much better answer. Um, but that's really what it was. I think that um, the, the script was already done. Um, a lot of the attachments were already done. Uh, you know, the EP that the team was already, you know, it was very impressive when you look at it for a short. And, and so, you know, I went to the people who I knew who would be interested in being able to pull pull this thing together. Um, you know, I think the first the first person I went to was Rich and Rich was like, hey, you know, you know, he went to KD said, hey, we, we have an opportunity to be able to make a difference. And and, you know, they were all on board because they stand for what's right. Um, the next the next person that I went to, 
was 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 Tim and and Mike Conley. And, you know, Tim, Tim is the one who believed in it. Tim was the one who read the script and brought it to Mike and said, yo, this is something that, you know, we need to stand behind. And Mike is one who's for his community um, and for the people. And, you know, he was like, yo, I'm 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 all in, um, you know, and, and sang with Jordan. And so it, it wasn't this piece. This was such a unique spot because of the moment that it did, didn't necessarily take much of a, you know, strategy. It was literally, hey, let's let's knock on some doors and let's see, you know, who's who who wants to be able to, you know, um, I think, you know, who wants to be able to get behind this project? Let's say put putting your money behind the mouth is not the proper term because people are paying in different ways and, you know, lending resources in different ways. But then, you know, you have every everyone else has kind of like a different um you know, a different way to, to roll, you know what I'm saying? Nothing. One thing that I'm learning, you know what I'm saying? is no two things are the same. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on some project projects with Kuti and Chike and their creative process is so much different than, you know, Trayvon and, and, and Trayvon's creative process. Right. And so these guys are like, yo, let, let's come up with this idea. Let's build out this, this very, very proper deck and then, you know, let, let's, let's pitch it and add attachments, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, in my experience so far with, you know, some, some of the other production companies are like, you know, let's, let's add attachments, you know, first, and then let's, let's really knock out this deck and build out this deck. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean by add attachments? So, so your, your attachments are, you know, your names, you know what I'm saying? Your, Got it. They okay. add, you add KD to For it. For the star power. Yeah, exactly. You add KD to it. Cause then Netflix is like, fuck, we got to work with KD. Exactly. Right? Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, we got to be with Jimmy Butler. Right, right, exactly. right. Exactly. It's like the thing <laughs> I'm complaining about. Right. Like, yeah. And by the way, I do that as well. Right. When it's like, we got to add attachments to this. We got this great thing that we're cooking up. I can't really speak on it, but like the, it's the treatment is beautiful. The writer is great. The director is great. But the next thing my boss just told me was like, we got to get an attachment to this. Do you think that um, more of these publishers like Slam or like you said, like the ones that you don't have to speak on Slam. Nice. By the way, I started Slam. That was my first ever job in sports. You know, I got mad love for PRC. Mad when love it was for like only a magazine. Ads, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even launch the website yet. Like. Bro, I was selling $5,000 page ads to Mecca and Averix and brands like that, right? Like, it was it was a grind. Um, but, like, you know, so I worked with Dennis, and I know Schnur really well, and Aaron Phillips and PRC, all those guys. Um, and, and they obviously are credible, right? Like, people always talk about Slam. Do you think in the same way that the players that mean it – are going to stick with the content. Do you think Slam sticks with them? Like, they're not in the movie business, but they're kind of in the movie business now. Like, you know, whether it was the Starberry movie, the kid from Coney Island, or they had another film about, like, Alaskan high school basketball recently. I forgot the name of it. I don't know if these are the projects you work on, Samira. But, like, do you think that they're in this business, or do you think this business is too hard for for, like, a publication like that? No, they're for sure in the business. I mean, one, one of the great you know, genius things that, uh, that PRC did and, and that team over there were, was they said, Hey, we, we have this very strong brand that's authentic to basketball, right? Probably at this point, you know, the most authentic brand to basketball from a media perspective, um, that, that I can think of. Right. And the longest standing, right? Like overtime's authentic, but they're not as old. They're, as yeah. They're, I mean, Slime's been around since 90, 96, right? 90, no, before that 90, you know, whenever that Larry Johnson issue came out, 
Four, I think. I think it's four. I think so it's four. 26, 26, almost 27 years in the game. You know what I'm saying? And and it's been, for the most part, consistent. And it's been there. And so one of, one of, the, one of the great things that they did was they, they realized that they had this very strong um, brand with extremely strong IP. And it's like, yo, how can we, you know, and they're all about storytelling, right? And so how can we continue to evolve the storytelling to the next level? And so, um, you know, and that's actually how I initially got in contact with Slam was through RTG Features, which was which is their production company. And, and the kid from Coney Island was their first project. And so, you know, that was with Kudi and Chike. And, and, and even from there, you know, they brought on Kudi and Chike to be able to uh, help develop Slate, um, develop some really proper ideas, um, and then also take on other projects, right? Because now they, they understand that, you know, there is this opportunity to be able to evolve storytelling, to be able to get into long form content um, when it, when it can evolve one from the pages of slam and two, just from, you know, the culture of basketball and the community of basketball. Um, and, you know, then they, you know, they brought over Aaron Phillips, who's been, you know, a tremendous leader on that side of the business as well as slam. And, you know, we've been, you know, we've been cooking. It's not a, uh, it's definitely not built to be kind of like a fly by night. You know, we're just going to give a shot shot in the dark, you know, um, many resources have been put to it and, you know, ideas have been, have been brought and, you know, product projects have been brought and projects have been taken to market. And, you know, you will start to see more, more projects that will be coming out of RTG that will be, you know, obviously complimenting, uh, complimented from slam and, and that arm to be able to like elevate it. You know what I mean? So like, you know, the angle is to be able to tell elevated basketball, authentic stories, and to be able to work and partner with athletes where possible, or just, you know, make some, make some dope shit. You know what I'm saying? There goes my shit for the pod. Um, but you know, being able to being able to do that. So I also think they're in a unique position. They're not Sports Illustrated, where like Sports Illustrated so old, not old. Sports Illustrated wants to walk a line of like, okay, journalism over here and working with athletes over here. Whereas Slam has always been about the culture. So like first, right? Like they're the ones who featured before anybody else featured like what are guys wearing on on court and off court. So like they can embrace a guy like Ja Morant and say, we're going to do this six-part series called Promised Land with him, right? I think that's a slam thing, right? So, Samir, um, you mentioned, like, the production company of Slam, like, you know, their goal is to really produce high-level basketball stories. What is the bottom line or the purpose for Six Foot Over Productions? Um, Bottom line for, well, well, I think you said the purpose. The purpose of Six Feet Over Productions is to be able to, you know, one, elevate the stories of, you know, black folks and, and be able to, at, at the end of the day, tell, you know, provide dynamic storytelling for, for our community. Um, we also, we also understand that, you know, winning an Oscar is not just like an award, it's like a responsibility, you know, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's, you have that pressure now, right? Cause that was your first film. Now you guys have a whole bunch of other stuff to put out, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 pre- and pressure is, I, I think that I, I don't think it's pressure. You know what I'm saying? I think that uh, I think it's pressure if you let it be pressure. Um, but I do think it's responsibility, you know, because it's like there's so few black creators who have won Oscars. Right. Like you can you can name them. Like you can, yeah, it's partially because it's rigged. Right. Like it's it, it's it's a community based award. You know what I'm saying? Right. At the end of the day. Right. Right. Um, that that, you know, we're 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 pushing diversity. 
And, you know, we're, we're pushing to be able to, you know, have greater inclusion uh, without throughout the process. Right. Um, but, you know, with that, you know, we, we came behind some some great folks, whether it was, you know, Denzel, uh, Viola, you know, what I mean, all these all these fantastic, uh, you know, actors, actresses, creators, all that fun stuff. Um, but then there's also folks who are coming up with this and who are coming up behind us who don't know what the process is, who need a helping hand, who are going to need an opportunity. And I think that we're in a, we're in a position now where we can be able to help, um, where we can be able to help to elevate, where we can, you know, be. Yeah. So, you know, that that's that that's what we're about. Like, you know, we're 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 literally in the trenches and kind of figuring out, you know, figuring out the slate, figuring out the the proper storytelling, you know what I'm saying? Figuring out, you know, what the next focus is going to be. Everything's not going to be, you know, everything's not going to be a two distant strangers. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we do have to be thoughtful on our approach and what our next projects are and what we what we develop, what we attach our name to. Uh, what we what we're able to help you know bring to light, um, but you know that that's something that you know Trayvon Van Nick and myself you know we don't we don't take lightly and we're very thoughtful uh, into the approach in which we take in which we go to market. Um, so so to answer your question, you know Six Feet Over is about authentic storytelling within our community and and it's also about being able to give others an opportunity and a platform to be able to tell their story as well. Um, and we're we're looking forward to to what comes with that and and what we can become because you know who knows what the future holds but but we know that you know even going back to the beginning we're going to put our our best foot forward to be able to make an impact in this space and 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 do great things. Do you have to be six feet to work at this company? I mean, this is this is this is like this is like. Preju- this is prejudicial. Like this is, I'm pretty sure this is against federal employment laws. Like I'm not. Co- I'm listen. I don't. I don't think I have. I, yeah, and I don't think I have Napoleon complex, but I think no, you're you, giving. You could come and like work along. Like you know, we can. You know, we could times it. You know what I'm saying? We could do burden productions times six feet over. You know what I'm saying? But no, I, all of us actually are. All of us are. also so myself. Myself and Trayvon are about the same height, about six seven, right around there. Van's about six four, six five. Nick's around like six two, six three. So you know, they were like, you know, and they they brought me in actually during the process uh, of of two distant strangers. Um, and so you know, they're like, yeah, six feet over. Yeah, that's us. I'm like, yo, you you're over six feet. Yeah, is is that why you guys are called six feet over? Because you guys are all over. That, six that feet. was literally why the name <laughs> Six Feet Over came. That's kind of iconic. Yeah, I mean, it's great for tall people. Congratulations that you're I so mean, tall. I mean, they're the owners. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, no, I know, but <laughs> all right, you're starting to start like a sound like a hater, Brick. I am. It's okay. a, I'm a little it's bit okay. of a hater. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I was going to say we're going to have a shorts company that's <laughs> Six Feet it, Under. What are you going to say? <laughs> that's oh. maybe not a good joke, but it's it's kind of funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny bad joke. It's a cor- it's a corny dad joke, but we appreciate it. Um, what's what's next for you guys? Like, do you have something that you want to tell us about that's coming out, or it's too early? Like, uh, no, we're 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 not at we're not at promotion time quite yet, but we do have some great things cooking. We do have some great things cooking. Uh, so where do we find where do we find you? Social websites, all that stuff. Give us everything oh, that you let got. Me, so- let me let me let me go ahead and pull it up, man. You know what I'm saying? You you asked the least social person. I need to actually get my social game better. However, um, six feet over. You can follow six feet over productions at the number six F T O V R 
at the number six FTOVR. We have a Twitter. I don't have Twitter. So I know I do have Twitter, but I probably don't tweet. Um, you know, obviously you, you, can, you can follow myself as Samir for GTG. Um, and, you know, you can just follow it, man. We'll, we'll be able to give you all the updates, you know what I'm saying, that, that come our way. Um, you know, give Van a follow. Van's a great follow. Um, Nicholas Mays, he's a great follow, a very big Tracy McGrady fan, so just be ready for that. Um, and, you know, Trayvon is, is, is a great follow. A, all of them are actually fantastic Twitter follows, too. So, you know, find, find those guys as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Samir. This has been so insightful. It, this has been amazing. This has been so insightful. I want to collab with you in 2022, Samir. Six feet over and six feet under. Six feet over and there five is. foot five and a half. Even. God. Even. But a great... <laughs> A great, a great but jump great shot. Great personality. Great <laughs> jump shot. Great personality. Nice face. You forgot nice face, Savannah. Nice great face. face. Great face. Great yeah. hair. Hey, I'm gonna tell you this, bro. You got you got great hair, man. I got a lot of. There you go. You got the Fabio going. Yeah. Appreciate you, Samir. We, we I make sure that my producer Raul like checks my hair, gives me. I I just tried like dry. Dry shampoo. I tried dry shampoo for the first time in my life Which today. Which she thought worked like hairspray. I didn't know what not. it was. Like um, a friend bought it for me, and I was like, "All right, let me give it a shot today." So, um, you know, hey, dry shampoo and leave-in conditioner. Those are two things I'll never understand. I just, I don't know. I, I wash everything out. I mean, now I don't wash anything in or out. <laughs> you look good though you look good it worked for you it's fresh right yeah, and, and like the bald head doesn't work for everybody it doesn't you have to be a specific Appreciate person yeah, I'll, I'll never tell people that I'm bald I tell people I got a low haircut but right. the I mean, looking cut. at it yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty gone but appreciate the time but not for sure man I appreciate you guys too thank you so much Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow us on all social channels at The Black Box Pod. The show would not be possible without our team. Special thanks to our producers, Amanda Berkowitz and Katie McGuigan. Our video director, Paul Aspen. Music by Ye Ali. Designed by Lineage Digital. All photos by Jonathan Gabriel Charles. And our production house, Gotham Podcast Studio in New York City. Special shout out to Raul Hernandez. We'll see you guys next time. 